Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to yet another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast coming to you live from beautiful series california here at the infinity studios as always you know who it is it's your boy dj billy a and across the way from me is my man 50 grand get up on your mic and tell him who you am my friend Woo, yeah you know who it is i do Scotty the pimp standing on a corner in a horse walks with a limp. He drives a long black Nissan Altima. Savage the pimp. He can steal a broad's mind, man. Three or four minutes. It's not, not how long, long you talk, talk bro. bro. It's what you, what put, you in put, in it. put in it. Look out! Hey! Ha! Scotty the pimp. Yeah. <laughs> Scotty the pimp, pimp. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Savage O'Malley, aka <laughs> Big Skeezy, aka uh, Scotty the pimp. One of the greatest intros and one of the greatest opening tracks to an album ever. I think we talked about it on our best of year episode. That intro and that song never leaves. So the Shorty the pimp intro and then in the trunk, uh, the off the Too Short album, Shorty the pimp, never leaves my top 100 songs of Spotify ever. And that intro goes right into that song. And yet somehow the song is always above the intro. So sometimes I must just skip straight to the song when I'm like, oh, I can't wait. But usually they go hand in hand. I bump right into that intro and then right into In the Trunk. But I absolutely love that song. And that is one of my favorite intros of all time to any of any hip hop album, period. East Coast, West Coast, it doesn't matter. I absolutely love that track. Love that intro. Uh, there's not a much better way to kick off a record. You just love it. I, I absolutely love it, man. Love to love to love ya. Stays in my top 100 Woo! for like the last five or six years, however long I've had Spotify, five, six years now mm-hmm. since we started the podcast. So at least five years, that song's been in my top 100. 
and it was in probably in my top 100 uh spins on my cd player in the car prior to you know getting getting dig going digital let me just tell you something man um speaking of too short yeah and uh you know you know what i never thought i would see what's that in my entire life what i mean i really think about it but i never thought i'd see it right i never thought i'd see e40 and uh -huh. too short yeah at the white house Oh, were they at the White House? I didn't know they, they were at the White House. They certainly were at the White House. Oh. They, uh, they got invited uh, when the uh, Warriors went to celebrate oh. at the White House their championship. Right. Okay. And somehow, E-40 and Too Short got an invite. So they were... There's a picture of Too Short and E-40 in the White House. Is Joe Biden there? Nope. No Joe Biden. But, no, okay. no. You know who was there, though? Who? Who's in the picture? Obama. Obama was there. Obama showed up. Uh, okay. Obama. All right. I never heard yeah. quite phrased quite that way. Yeah, Obama. No, you know what? And it's funny because back in the day, and they were invited purposefully. They're ambassadors of the Bay. Mm -hmm. If you're bringing a team from the Bay Area, mm -hmm. there's I can't think of two more better artists to bring from the Bay than those guys to help represent, especially when it comes to NBA, which is a very hip-hop-driven league. You know, they're, that's what they're listening to when they're getting ready for the games. That's mm -hmm. that's that's what's pumping them. You up. can't watch a Warriors game if E40 is there and yeah. he's not on camera four or five times. Absolutely, and he wrote he made the song for their for the you know the the nope yup song. Who I don't know was it called Choices? Yeah, yeah. He he flipped it and and made a Warriors version of it. So I mean, hell yeah, dude, you have to have those two there. But I can remember back in. Uh, the early 90s, Easy e was accidentally invited to a White House dinner. Because, you know, his name's not Easy e it's Eric Wright. And he probably lives in a really nice house in a really nice neighborhood because he owned Ruthless Records and had a lot of money. Uh, and so they were probably trying to buff up campaigns. And I think it was George Bush Sr. They were probably trying to get campaign donations because he was getting ready to run again. Mm -hmm. And they invited Easy e to the White House. And he has pictures in a tux and his Jerry Curl right. Raiders hat hanging out at the White House. But Ice Cube used that as a diss towards Easy e on No Vaseline. I never had dinner with the president. I never had dinner with the president. And the next time I see your ass, going to be hesitant. He used it as a diss. Now, two guys he's in a group with are at the White House. Right. And Ice Cube himself went and sat down with Trump to talk with Trump about, you know, uh, you know, black issues in the community. So it's funny how things change as we get older. Oh, how times have changed. Going and sitting down in the White House and hanging out with the white man was a diss. Now it's a privilege. Well, let me just tell you this, man. Um, it, it just. It's 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 standard practice that. Right champions from football basketball yeah. baseball they visit they make visit the, white the white house, house trip uh, a couple times over the years it, it stopped like or people didn't want to go like somebody didn't want to go because they they turned down the invitation because it was trump right right yeah so they, I'm, I'm sure that's happened over the years at some point too i i can, people, I can like, physically remember there were certain players that were like yeah i don't like what this guy's done i'm not going but the majority of the team well was. i i remember tom brady not going a couple times just because he was He'd done it four times. Or three right, times. yeah. I don't, He's I don't like, wanna... yeah, I've been there, done that. Yeah. I'm good, man. Yeah. I ju just saw Obama yeah. last year, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, of course, his marriage was doing better then. So yeah. It's... Now, whatever it takes to get out of the house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, what? You want to trade me to the Raiders? Fucking A, just get me away from this woman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, 
Anyway, uh, I just I, we're, we, I know we're going to talk about some music today and yeah. just kind of things like that. But uh, I, I, I that popped up and I forgot I was going to talk to you about it. Like I never thought I'd see E40. I, I didn't catch that. I missed and, that. Yeah, it was just this week. Okay. Um, so uh, let me ask you this, man. Let me. I, I saw uh, during my travels uh, a couple weeks ago. I, uh, I saw a shirt and I thought it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it said, "Hip Hop Legends." Okay. What do you think takes to be considered a hip hop or a rap legend? That's what it said on the shirt? Yeah, or? no, it just said hip hop legend. There's a picture of three people. Okay. One of those people I did not think was a legend. Okay. But I wanted to know what, what your criteria, if there was three people on that shirt, uh-huh. what would you take? Like, like I could say, maybe be like, okay, I could see that. If or, I, uh, yeah, that's that's for sure. If I had to guess who was on the shirt, it was Pac, Biggie, and Jay Z or Nas. If I had to guess who was, you on got the two shirt. of them right. Okay, so Pac and Biggie. Yeah. Uh, and then so it wasn't Jay Z or Nas. Uh, what Easy E? Somebody Easy E. Okay, yeah. No. And e- I just saw that and I was like, I I'm pretty proficient in hip hop and the history of hip hop and the golden era of hip hop and what we've talked about and who you know who I am and I do not. I would not put him in that 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 that's that. a tough one because he's not a traditional rapper uh gosh that's difficult i i could understand why uh it looks like they wanted to go for people who oh, were all passed so they t- chose three legends who were passed away right easy e if he doesn't that's a tough one boys in the hood is such an important song if he doesn't get in the booth and record that song the 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 direction of hip hop as we know it is not the same, I don't think. So, I, yeah, no, I wouldn't put him on that shirt, but that's hard. I and I'll, and I'll tell you why because he doesn't put up the money to fund Ruthless Records and give Dre a lane to do his own thing. What's music like right now? Right. That Dr. Dre family tree is insane, dude. Like, like the branches off that tree. Without Eazy-E putting up the money to start Ruthless Records and them forming NWA, uh, that doesn't happen. Boys in the Hood doesn't hit. Eazy-E, Easy does it doesn't hit. And then Straight out of Compton doesn't explode. We don't have Eminem. We don't have 50 Cent. We don't have Snoop Dogg. We don't have right. Kendrick Lamar. Like, So I could understand why they put him on there. But what for me, when I think of a hip-hop legend... I'm thinking of somebody who writes their own rhymes, uh, has several classic albums, uh, and is 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 looked up to and admired by other MCs. Other MCs want to emulate their style, want to be like them. Someone who not only moves the culture, uh, moves the needle in the culture musically, but maybe also spiritually or politically. I definitely think Biggie and Pac both cover that. Classic albums for sure. Uh, everybody admired their pen game 100% work ethic absolutely uh, Pac with his you know the way he spoke the way he talked everybody thought he could have been a politician he was a hell of an actor um, a poet like he did everything for sure Easy e genius businessman uh, if you had to do greatest hip hop businessman of all time I might put him in there but as an artist really he had Easy e Easy does it after that and that was because that was produced by Dre, written by Cube and Ren and the DOC. 
But after those, he doesn't have another classic album, in my opinion. Like, right. there's no solo Easy albums right. after that that I'm like, yo, you gotta have that in your collection. Easy E, Easy Does It is vinyl worthy. But other than that, like 5150 Home for the Sick, uh, 187 um, Dre Killa, It's On, like those albums straight off the motherfucking streets of Compton or whatever it was. Like, right. none of those albums are must have. So, no, for me, Easy E. And that's hard though. I it I it hurts to say it. I wouldn't put him on a hip hop legend shirt. But he definitely deserves to be revered for what he did, what he his money sparked an absolute revolution. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I I think that he definitely holds a spot in the Pantheon. Yeah. But I wouldn't put him on that. He wouldn't be on that shirt, no. So for for me, they they better have at least they have to have at least three classic albums. They have to write their own rhymes, uh, and they have to have really like changed the culture and changed the game to mm -hmm. be a legend. And I think Pac and Biggie, even though it was very short, both fall into that uh, category. Um, I put LL Cool J in that category. Like when he passes, he'll be considered a legend. He's already in the like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, I definitely put him up there. Uh, Nas, I think, is is well on his way to being there. Rakim. KRS One, uh, people like that. Those are those are all people that are just coming to my mind right now that I would definitely put in the legend category. I mean, you got KRS, who's in his late fifties, probably pushing sixty at this point, and his energy on stage is still so crazy. His rhymes are still so fiery. He raps like it's still day one, like he's rapping to put food on the table. Like I respect him so much. When he did his verses versus Big Daddy Kane. You'd have thought it was a 25-year-old KRS-One up there. Like, it, his energy, and I love Big Daddy Kane, but his energy ripped Kane to shreds. Like, you just couldn't match that fucking energy, dude. Like, and that's what a legend does. Like, stage show, too. You better have a good stage show. You better be able to bring it live. So, you need three classic albums. You need to write your own rhymes. You need to make your mark on the culture and change the culture. And you better have a badass stage show. Then, then you're on your way to legend status to me. But it takes all those things to me. Well, I'll tell you this. It was just something that I thought was uh, conversation worthy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I didn't mind the shirt. No, no, not at all. Like, like you said, it hurt me to say he's not a legend. It, it hurts to say that because I think we did an episode where I said, I think one of the most important songs in hip hop is Boys in the Hood. Dre did the beat. Cube wrote the lyrics. All Easy did was go in and put his voice on it. But what a voice. Nobody sounds like Easy e Like, it's right. a very distinct voice. The, the genius that Dre had to put him in the booth and get him to do that. Oh, and it's crazy. Yeah, and, and we've shared like TikToks and videos of like original footage of the NWA days. Yeah. And absolutely. It's just like what was portrayed in the movie NWA with Dre and Cube in the in the booth and Easy trying to get on beat and just being awful. Yes. It's accurate. Absolutely. And he, he, he wasn't seen, a rapper. No, and watching the actual footage, you're like, good God. Yeah. Yeah, there's real footage of it out there. It literally, according to Dre, they were in the studio all night. It took all night because he'd do a line like, cruising down the street, my six foe. Stop. Okay. The next line is this. Do it. Nope. Do it again. Nope. Do it again. It took them all night. That's a long ass song. You go back and listen to Boys in the Hood. That is a long two. That's like, it goes for days. It's a long song. But so Easy E is incredibly important as the founder of Ruthless Records and as a businessman. 
And uh, I, I don't, without him, you, I, you probably don't get all the brilliant things that Dr. Dre did. Because when people go, why is Dre so revered with only two albums? And, you know, why does he get so much respect? Like, why does somebody like DJ Quick not get as much credit as a Dr. Dre? Why is it always Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre? Because it isn't always quantity. It's the quality. And it's the ripple effect that Dre caused. Like, it's the branches off that Dr. Dre tree, off that Easy e tree that are just so insane. Like, that if you take those two guys away, if there's no Dr. Dre and no Easy e I don't know what the music landscape looks like now. Clearly, other people would have stepped up and done things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I want to know a hip-hop landscape without a Dr. Dre and an Easy e If those two men never existed, we'd be looking at a very, very different very very different hip-hop world right now and i don't know what it would look like but a hip-hop world without an eminem you know without a marshall mathers lp without right, a right eminem show a hip-hop world without doggy style a hip-hop world without the dog food album by dog pound a hip-hop world without get rich or die trying by 50 cent like crazy a hip-hop world without no diggity by black street you know what i'm saying like let's tell you something crazy i was thinking about this the other day and you mentioned it a little bit. I absolutely love that the new Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre album is called Missionary. That's great. Such a great title. Yeah. yeah. I hope they stick to it. I yeah. hope they don't change it. Yeah. That's as of as of now, that's... I mean, I yeah. would prefer, you know, the new Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre thing to be called Reverse Cowgirl. But that's, <laughs> a, that's a whole nother... That's a whole nother story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yo! Yeah. Just kind of fact that Bing he's, bong. he's calling it missionary is pretty pretty smart. But yeah, man, it's the fact that these two and that then that just shows you something. Here we are. Doggy style was ninety-three. Yep. <laughs> is that reverse cowgirl music now? Oh no, big snoop. No, back up in easy baby. Yeah, 93, and people are still waiting on pins and needles for missionary style, like from Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Like, I mean, there aren't, I can't, can you name me another hip-hop artist that did something 30 years ago that everybody's like, oh shit, when's that coming out? Like, there, I I can't no, think of No, no, we, yeah. we, how long were we on pins and needles for Helter Skelter? Yeah, from Dr. Dre with so stupid years? Dr. Dre Ice Cube album that never Can happened. we just yeah. gave up on it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of artists like I, I, we were waiting for Buster Rhymes to do Extinction Level Event 2. We're still waiting for Redman to do Muddy Waters 2. But both of those I'm excited for. I was excited for and I'm still excited for, but not like missionary style, not like another detox or chronic album, like not not anywhere near the same level. I mean, we got five or six tracks on a video game soundtrack, and I was losing my fucking mind when Dr. Dre. It made my best albums of the year. Like, hi. I think it was number three or two. Like, up there. And what was number one? A Snoop Dogg album. Now that he's back on death row. Like, it's... Artists, artists... It's very rare that artists still have a foothold in the game and still make a mark after 30 years whether it be rock, reggae, you know, you got to be like a Bob Marley or a Prince or a Michael Jackson usually to still be making ripples or waves 30 years later. 
So the fact that Snoop and Dre and these and and Eminem and some of these guys still are impacting a culture that is completely shifted. Rap music that my son listens to, and I don't know, maybe your son too, I'm not sure, is so different. It's not even the same. It's rap. The only thing that makes it the same is it's called rap. It sounds nothing like what you and I grew up on, man. It's not right. even close. Right. Um, so the fact that these guys are still able to do anything now just tells you something. It tells that they did what they needed to do and they were very important. Like it's, it's, it's so yeah, yeah. Dr. Dre is definitely, he could go on that shirt, but it seems like on that shirt you saw, it was just people who passed away. If it had been Dr. Dre, I would not have. I, I think Dr. Dre is probably more important than Tupac and Biggie to the landscape of music. Well, I mean, think about how much of a big deal it was when Tupac came to death row and it was like, oh my God, we're going to get a Tupac, Dr. Dre song. Like that was a big, even, even it's legend that Tupac said, man, I've been waiting on this my whole life when he got in to do California Love. Like this is a big deal for me, man. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to say, yo, Dre, drop it. You know, like, let's go. Like, it's a big deal, man. Like it just... Think about all the albums. We wouldn't have the DOC. No one could do it better if it hadn't been for Dr. Dre. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. But like, ever. <clears throat> do you know why people are waiting on pins and needles for that uh, Dr. Dre? No. Why? Because uh -huh. he's a genius. Ah, that he is. <laughs> nice. Nice. He is a genius, absolutely. Which leads me to uh, I don't get paid enough to keep this thing on. No, the it's very good, man. You're doing it. You're doing a great job. He is a genius. I'll absolutely. take my payment in wings. Which oh, nice. Which brings me <laughs> to uh, I'm bringing back the nasty lyric of the week. It's been a long time. I haven't done one of these in forever. You're bringing back the what? Dude? The, I'm bringing back the nasty lyric of the week. And my nasty lyric of the week is from the genius, aka the Jizza. Oh yeah. Yes, sir, of the Wu-Tang Clan. Well, let me properly... This is going to sound terrible. Yeah. Let me, I'll, I'll reword it. <laughs> let me properly introduce you then. All right, friend. I appreciate it. Let's kick it off. It's time for the nasty lyric of the week. Oh, you nasty. Yes, sir. So I'm going to tell you why I picked the genius after I do the lyric. Please do. Yeah, I will. I will break that down a little bit. But this is a song called Queen's Gambit from the Genius DJ Muggs album. So it's Genius on the vocals, DJ Muggs on the production. The album is called Grandmasters. It's DJ Muggs versus the Genius Grandmasters. And this is a song called Queen's Gambit. Now, really, this is like the song is just one long verse, so mm -hmm. I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'll, okay. I'll cut it off because it, it goes and goes and goes because there's no chorus. He just flows and it's genius lyrics. But I want everybody to pay attention to the NFL references in this or just football references in general. The whole verse is talking about a woman, but he's using football references while describing this woman that he wants to have a relationship with. So anyway, the song is called Queen's Gambit by the Jizz and it's my nasty lyric of the week. Here we go. She dated jolly green giants that flew on jets. An A-list actress who never walked off sets. She loved stuffed animals, especially bears. Was a role model like a cardinal to all our peers. A patriotic tomboy like Mary Ellen from the Waltons. A former lifeguard who had the skills of a dolphin. And when I met her, she was in drama school and wore bangles. Drove a Bronco 
and she was far from star-spangled, had basic skills and worked part-time in the mills, raised buffaloes because she was behind on them bills, had a man who always roared like a lion, a domestic violent cat, tackled the girl and kept her crying. Couldn't care she was losing her hair from depression. She was in the air and there was some room for interceptions. I told her to stay strong, not to be ashamed. You're a 10 I see. You just need to tighten your game. Nice. I, like that. I really like that. Her ancestors were chiefs who ran with running deer. On the sail with the Seahawks who battled the Buccaneers. The red skin garments with suede coat liners held rare coins frequently sought from gold miners. They were hard-working warriors we call overtimers, shot plenty of air arrows at cowboys and 49ers. Her interesting background was quite unusual, great for a script, but out of bounds for a musical. She told me to call her if I came to town. I started texting her soon as my plane had to touch down. Hold my luggage in the hand that revealed the bad scars. She pulled up at a rival's driving the Jaguar. Her brown skin was soft, her legs beautifully shaven. Her house was fly, sitting on the roof was a raven. As we entered, I heard laughter. She walked into a large living room and I went after her. There was two of her girlfriends playing chess like they were Vikings. Militant as Panthers, their resemblance was striking. Had on thongs, high heels, and belts that was garter. Energized like foams that just came off the charger. I introduced myself to gain yardage. Because anything less than smooth would have been straight up garbage. The shorter one met me when I had a sky pager. Thought I rolled with robbers, stealers, and panty raiders. <laughs> I love that too. She took fruit from the orange bowl. It was in season. One of them said she loved the juice and kept squeezing. I know what I was going to get. Wined and dined. It would have been plenty not to pass the scrimmage line. Now I laid back and relaxed waiting for the kickoff. One removed the lip gloss like she was about to lick all. She caressed me with fingertips soft as velvet. Dying for me to pack her as she stroked my helmet. And I was thinking these girls were saints. But it was the first and ten. And there was extra walls to paint <laughs> before you know it. <laughs> Read that's much funnier than listening to it. Before you know it, I had all three in a huddle, bucking like a colt before I released them from put released them puddles. They spread eagles like wide receivers as I rammed them in the end zone and they became true believers. I actually did end up reading the whole thing just because it was making me laugh. I couldn't I couldn't find a good stopping point. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, there you have it. You know, it's funny reading it. It's this very serious, dark Wu-Tang sounding beat. And he's got this really low, melodic, slow flow. It never strikes me as funny when I'm listening to it. But his re reading those lyrics was cracking me up, man. It was really funny. But if you go back and listen to the song Queen's Gambit by the Jizza off of Grandmasters, his Grandmasters album, you won't laugh. But just reading those lyrics were hysterical, especially the Packer and rubbing on the helmet. Oh, uh, yeah, too good. But it's so smart. So well done. Crazy. I remember the first time I sent you that song and we were both like, damn, dude, how did he pull that one off? And he, She's the only 10 I see. Yeah. 
And I told her she had to tighten up her game. Yeah, dude, just so much. So good. Yeah, there's so much in there. Thought I was a panty raider hanging with Steelers and a panty raider. Like, there's all crazy lyrics, man. But anyway, I picked the genius, a.k.a. the Jizza of the Wu-Tang Clan. Not to be confused with the Rizza. Right. Uh, because I picked him because I had bought tickets for you and I to go see him for his 30 some I think it was the 30 year anniversary of his album Liquid Swords. So he was going to be performing Liquid Swords at Harlow's in Sacramento. And it is very rare that we get any concerts in Sacramento lately, let alone Wu-Tang royalty. I mean, when you talk about the Jizza, the Jizza, even Wu-Tang talks about it. If if Wu-Tang was Voltron, Jizza's the head. Right, he's the brains. He literally is a genius. He's some kind of scientist in real life. He's a, is it astrophysicist or he he actually is a genius in real life. He, he's very smart, incredibly lyrical. And I I look at Liquid Swords and you and I both I think ranked Liquid Swords as our number one favorite Wu Tang solo album of all time. I know I had it as number one. I believe you did as well too. I think so. I don't. It's remember. been a while since we did that episode, but I think you and I both had it at number one. Um, for me. That uh, Liquid Swords isn't just my favorite Wu-Tang solo album. It's one of my favorite hip-hop albums, period. Just one of my favorite albums, period. I think the intro's perfect. I think the production is genius. I think all the features are absolute lyrical perfection. It's a perfect album to me, and I absolutely love that album. So when he announced he was coming to perform Liquid Swords in Sacramento at a small club, I immediately sent you the link like, dude, we got to do this. Let's do it. And you're like, yeah, I don't know what my schedule is. I might be out of town, but you'll be able to get rid of those tickets. That won't be a problem. Pull the trigger. Let's go. I'll see if I can make it happen, but I might not be able to. So I, I think was I asked. I was like, if something comes up, you think you'll be able to figure yeah. And you were like, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, I'm sure Dave Kewen, somebody, somebody will take the tickets. It's Wu-Tang. It's royalty. It's an amazing album. So fast forward, insane weather. Your schedule gets thrown off. Uh, you have to go out of town. You're not. You're. You're. You're now infamous trip. Where you As we talked about car. in the last yeah. two episodes, yeah. how January. This has been an insane January. Yes. So, and that was the infamous trip where you went out of town and flipped your car. So you. So, I. I you let me know that that was like Monday. The show was going to be Friday. You're like, yeah, dude, I'm not going to be able to make it. So I start first. I start with my son. Oh no, you told me like on a Saturday. So I hit my son up. I go, look, I know you got a second job. You're working nights. I got this ticket to the genius. I sent him a picture of it. He's from the Wu-Tang Clan. I know you. we've listened to the Wu-Tang. Would you be down to go? And he's like, I'll find out my schedule on Monday and I'll let you know. I was like, okay, cool. So I reached back out to him Monday and, they, and he's like, yeah, dude, dad, you know, I'm not going to go. I think you should, it would, you'd be better off finding somebody else who really appreciates the music um, you know, somebody else would probably appreciate going a lot more than I would. It's not really my thing. Yeah, I like the Wu-Tang a little bit, but I don't know this guy's music. I don't know it, you know. And I told him I get it. It's old man rap. It's dad rap now at this point. Like, I get it. He, like I just said, what the kids are listening to now is nothing like the hip-hop we listen to. So I understood. I said, okay, son, thank you. So then the next person I thought of was my homeboy, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis has been telling me, we got to get together. Let's hang out. It's been too long. I thought this is perfect. Perfect, right? We can, the show doesn't start till nine. We can grab dinner. We can hang out, spend some time together. I hit him up like, hey man, I got this ticket. It's yours free. 
let's hang out. He goes, yeah, I think my son's coming over Friday. Let me double check. I don't hear from him all day. Finally, I hit him up that evening. I go, hey, man, uh, did you talk to your son? Oh, yeah, I can't go. Sorry, he's coming over. But I think my homeboy, Danny, would be down. I go, okay, well, I got a couple more people I think I'm going to ask. Keep Danny in your back pocket. If, he, if, if I can't get these people, I'll reach out to him. So next, I reach out to my homie, Bob Tool, who I've been in bands with. Uh, he and I went to the hieroglyphics together. Uh, he was at the same Wu-Tang concert that you and I went to at, at, at uh, Shoreline. He was there. I know he loves the Wu-Tang Clan. I thought he'd jump all over it. I'm like, Bob, free ticket. Are you down? What do you think? He goes, let me check my schedule. And I'm going, oh, shit. <laughs> hey, here we go again. He gets back to me next day. Sorry, I can't make it. Shit. Okay. I reach out to Dave Kewen. Uh, I text him on Messenger, and I text him on uh, it, the phone. I realize I haven't te- it's been so long since I've texted him. I haven't even texted him from the current number I have now, which I've had for years. And I looked at Messenger. I haven't reached out to him on Messenger since like June of 2020. So I'm a little ashamed of myself as a, as a friend, <laughs> you know. But I reach out on both, and I don't get an answer. So he didn't answer. So then I'm like, shit. All right. So I go to Danny and uh, I say, hey, man, um, I can't I can't get a hold of, of anybody. See if Danny wants to go. He goes, all right, he's working. He'll reach out to you later tonight. I go, OK. In the meantime, while that's happening, Dave Kewen finally does answer. Sorry, I didn't respond. I got to work that night. I'm saving up my paid time off. I'm saving up my PTO for a vacation. I can't go. Have fun, homie. All right. Thanks. Fair. So Danny, yeah, fair. Absolutely. Everybody had legit excuses for sure. I get back to Danny. Danny gets back to me. You talking about this Friday? I go, yeah, it is Friday, man. Nine o'clock doors open at eight. Oh man, that sounds cool. But I'm going to a Kings game. Shit. All right, man. I Very fair. Yeah. I appreciate it. I said, Hey man, I was at a Kings game a couple weeks ago. Great team. Exciting. And he's like, well, what about that Onyx show? You into that? And that's what I told him. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's only two members. I don't know about that one. But it's like, should be good still. And I'm like, yeah, it might be. So now I'm like, fuck, Gabe Porto is my last holdout. And what I'm realizing is in Amador County, am I qu- if this was 1994, I'd have people beating down my door for that ticket. Right. Everybody would have wanted that ticket. But now the amount of hardcore hip hop heads that are left like you're you're not around, you gotta work, plus you live here, you're far. Jesse Higgins is now in Portland. A lot of my core unit that loved hip hop is no longer around. So I've re- my last resort, I text my homie uh, Gabe Porto, and he still hasn't responded. Here we are now, it's the day after the concert. I've never heard from him, he just didn't respond. So then I say, all right, I guess my wife goes, can't you just sell the tickets? My wife says, why don't you sell the tickets? So I know she's out. I didn't even ask her. She knew how badly I wanted to go. She knew how excited I was for the show. And she's like, well, can't you just sell them? So I'm like, okay, clearly you're not interested. (laughs) Okay. So um, I want to sell both of them. I don't want to be stuck with a ticket. So I put them on StubHub. I paid like 48 bucks a ticket with all the fees, handling, all that bullshit. Um, And so I put them for 40 a piece Thursday morning. At 7 a.m. By 8 a.m. they sold. And I was like, motherfucker, I could have made some money on this probably. I should have fucking charged more. But they're sold. I give them all my banking number. I send the tickets to the guy at the bottom. You know, I email them over. And then I start getting regret. Like, oh my God, I love this album. I love this artist. 
I should have sold one ticket and gone by myself. And so this long convoluted ass story that I'm telling, the lesson I'm telling you that I pulled from this is from now on, if it's something like that, it's the same thing when we were talking about our friend Ari the past. Don't ever, you may never get this opportunity again. Take advantage, nurture these relationships. Well, the, the genius is in his 50s. He's touring hard right now. The chances of him coming around to Harlow's again and doing another Liquid Swords tour, I think is slim to none. So I may have missed my one opportunity to see this. I can 100% tell you that from now on, if anything like that ever happens again, I will go by myself. I would rather go by myself and enjoy a show than be sitting here now like I am wondering how badass that show was. How amazing was it? Hey, it could have sucked. He could have come out and totally blew ass and phoned it in. We've been to concerts like that. Yeah. Hey, don't jump to any conclusions so quick. Yeah, that's please. right. Absolutely. Like DJ Quick. Like DJ Quick. Who wants to be considered a legend like Dr. Dre, but then phones it in on stage, which I said legends don't do. Uh, but yeah. Legends never die. So I will, uh, from now on, if anything like that ever happens again, I will sell one ticket and I will go by myself. Because I know that my wife's not that into hip hop and I don't want to drag somebody along that's not into it. My son was honest and said he wasn't that into it. So yeah. I would just much rather go by myself and at least I know there's nobody with me that's miserable and I'm having a good ass time. Here's what I've realized about my schedule is... Yeah. Uh, that third week yeah. is usually the like when I end up having to travel. Yeah. The third week in the month. So we need more of those first of the month concerts, maybe end of the month. And the shittiest thing too is how many times have we been like, fuck Harlow's? Why is it Tuesday night? Why is it Wednesday night? Oh, yeah. Why is it Monday? Always Harlow's is infamous for putting hip hop on Tuesday nights. Like, I don't know why. So I'm like, holy shit, Jizz is on a Friday night. Perfect. I couldn't beg people. I never thought giving something away for free would be so difficult. I'm like, I'll fucking drive. You can have the ticket. Nobody. I mean, it was like, you could have heard crickets. But then I put it online and I thought, oh, this is going to be tricky to sell. Nobody wants these. Right. Gone. Gone. In a second. And then the stupid thing I did was I went back online to see if there were any other tickets available because all the tickets I saw, people were like selling them for like 80 bucks a piece. And I'm like, yeah, good luck, people. They were all gone. Which then I'm kicking myself going, oh my God, I could have made some goddamn money off these tickets. I was stupid, like ridiculous. Because most of the time when I go to StubHub, it seems like there's a shitload of tickets still available. An hour before the show, people are begging to give them away. But I guess in a venue that small, with an artist from a group that's so well-beloved like Wu-Tang, uh, the demand was just much higher because there's just not as many tickets available, I think. Had it been at Arco Arena, or excuse me, the Golden One Center, there probably would have been a shitload of tickets still, but at Harlow's that holds like, what, 400 people? I think we looked it up at one point, it was 500. Yeah. There's just not that much. It was sold out, you know, last week, so... Yeah, so that's a big lesson learned from that is um, a concert of that magnitude. To see an artist perform an album that I'm absolutely in love with in a club that holds 500 people, so literally face-to-face -face with the guy while he performs one of my favorite albums of all time, I should have swallowed my pride, stopped being an idiot, got my ass in the car, and went there by myself. That was absolutely stupid, um, in my opinion now. I should have sold one ticket, 
made a little money off that one ticket and got my ass to that fucking concert. I wholly heartedly regret it. So much the fact I went on and tried to see if I could find anybody selling a ticket last night so I could go. Didn't end up happening. Had a nice dinner and, and I went to a dinner and a movie with my wife. Had a great evening. But uh, I will never fucking do that again. Not if it's a concert I, I really want that badly. Uh, big mistake on my fault. Regret. Now I got to live with it. There's nothing I can well, do. Unless I'm driving to Santa Cruz tonight to go see him. But the tickets are 90 bucks. Believe me, I looked. <laughs> so there you have it. That's why I did the Jizza for Nasty Lyric of the Week. Because I love him and I respect him. And it's my humble way of apologizing and saying I'm sorry for pussying out and not going to your show by myself. Oh, hell yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Babe. That you're sorry, not that you're a pussy. Right. No. Got you. Got you. Got you. That'd just be me. I mean, really, what's the big deal about going to a concert by yourself? You're surrounded by other people. Nobody's going to know you're alone. And it's not like you're having great conversation in the middle of a concert, right? Yeah. I, I, it's just one of those things like, you know, going to a movie by myself was hard. And then I kind of liked it. But then also you don't like, you know, I got, I've gotten used to that. I do go to I go to several like if I get off work and just run and catch a movie, because generally too, movies is another thing. You're not really talking. But if it's a comedy or a killer action movie, you also look at somebody and go, oh, shit, did you just see that? Or that's hilarious. So, yeah. And I guess the one thing I thought about when you and I go to a concert, one of my favorite things about having you there is, is we get to make fun of all the opening acts. Uh -huh. Like, yo, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Why does he keep saying like. Hecka, you know, or Hella. We say Hella in the Bay or like whatever, like we making fun of the DJ or making fun of the way the corporate hype man, like, cause you got to do, there was like four opening local opening acts before the Jizza. And I can guarantee you, we would have had some jokes. We would have been cracking guaranteed. So that's the one thing I was thinking, man, if I go by myself, who am I going to tell my jokes to? <laughs> like, but that being said, I can't miss every concert that rolls to town if I can't get somebody to go with me. If, you're, if your schedule's crazy, your schedule's crazy. I love concerts. I miss concerts so much. I believe it was the great Bill Adams who once said, increasingly harder. It's increasingly harder to get shit done. So now I have Rakim canceled fucking uh, twice. Rakim canceled twice. I had tickets to Rakim. He canceled twice. Then uh, I uh, we had tickets to Scarface canceled we did, we as did. well, and now I canceled on the Genius, the the first artist that finally doesn't cancel, and I bailed out. So that's three concerts in a row now. I have not been to a concert in a long time. Let me, bre let me break down some real quick for you. Yeah, first of all, I love you said Rakim canceled like. Just you used one word. I know that's what he goes by, but it kind of sounds like you knew him personally. Yeah. Like first of all, Rakim canceled on me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we were supposed to have lunch at Spago's. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you're like, uh, and then I canceled on the Jizza. Yeah. I, you know what, Jizza? <laughs> a lot of stuff going on, Jizza. I gotta have to cancel, buddy. Yeah. Sold the tickets. Have a good one. Okay. Enjoy your little show. I know I'll be missed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he was looking for me in the Love audience. It. Where is that Bill Adams? Where's the 209 guys? I know they were coming. Hey, we, we have had that happen. Oh, God damn it, Bill. We have had somebody shout out the 209 guys. At yeah, the Murs, that's the homie. That's yeah. the homie. Yeah. He's probably, shout out to Murs. I know you're listening. What's yeah. up, my guy? That's what's up. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, uh, music, huh? Yeah, I miss it so much. I miss live music. Like... I was really jealous because I saw that the Jizza, one of his stops, he's bringing, he's doing Liquid Swords with a live band. And I was just like, oh my God, I so would kill to hear that album perform. I know he wasn't going to do that in Sacramento, but that's what Scarface was doing. Scarface was touring with a live band and that would have been amazing because he plays guitar and he's actually a really good guitar player. 
But I am I miss live music so much. I have not been to a concert now. Uh gosh, since 311 when I when I uh I I got COVID after that concert the first time. So it's been a long time, man. It's uh, and I live for live music. I live for music in general, but there's nothing like seeing a good group perform. If they're good live, I miss it so much. And as we mentioned on this podcast, we were probably going to two or three concerts a year. And then, and I just really miss it. But yeah, music, man, there's not a lot going on right now. Did you see uh, Yellow Wolf's post? Being that I know how massive a Yellow Wolf fan. Did you see that he said, this year, get ready, because I'm going to be dropping... A just I don't remember his exact words, but basically said I'm gonna be dropping a badass hip hop album, and don't 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 worry, a badass rock and roll album as well. He, he basically said you're gonna be getting both this year in 2023. He had a post somewhere I forget the exact wording, but he said just be ready, I'm gonna be dropping a straight up badass fucking hip hop album, and an amazing, and you're gonna be getting a rock album too. Talking about Yeller Wolf? Yeller Wolf said that. Shit. Fucking getting it, dude. Yeah. Yes, sir. And let me tell you why that statement disappoints me a little bit. Please do. As much as I love Yellow Wolf. Does it disappoint you as much as a Scarface canceling on us? Uh, No. It shouldn't. Because, no, no, it doesn't. Not at all. I, 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 At least we're getting music from Yellow Wolf. Now, Yellow Wolf needs to get his ass back to Sacramento. I don't know what's happened, why we're not. Nobody's coming to Sacramento except for the genius, but then you canceled on him, so he's pro- we're probably never getting anybody yeah. ever again. Well, Onyx is coming, two of them. We talked the, about Oh, the Onyxes? <laughs> yeah. Two of the six, yeah, are, are, are on their way. They're, they're driving right now. Um, but no, I mean, um, here's what disappointed me about that statement when I read that. It's the thing I love about Yellow Wolf is he's a badass rapper. He's one of the best out there doing it right now. He's incredible. But my favorite Yellow Wolf albums, the thing I love about, like Love Story, why Love Story is one of my favorite albums of all time is because it's a badass rap album. It's rock and roll. It's country. It's soul. It's bluegrass. It's everything. That's who Yellow Wolf is. Yellow Wolf is this... uh, What I love about Yellow Wolf is he's the perfect blend of all his influences in one and when he puts that all into an album like Mudmouth or like Love Story or like Ghetto Cowboy it's incredible so I don't really want Yellow Wolf to tell me I'm gonna give you a rap album and I'm gonna give you a rock album what I want is a Yellow Wolf album that's what I want now maybe he means that maybe that's just a post and he's just saying that I don't know uh William if if I may yes you uh (laughs) Uh, let me just clarify, uh, Michael Wayne Alta's oh, comments yeah. for you. Uh, <laughs> what what is tight with him is I'm yeah, with the Jizza. Huh? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I know you canceled on Jizza last night. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what, uh, Michael Wayne would like to, uh, clarify for you is, uh, when he says I'm going to come out with a badass rap album, he's talking about a Yellow Wolf album. I, I hope think that's so. what's coming. I hope Because so. that's what a Yellow Wolf album is. Now, we're talking about the Sometimes Why, the rock album. Like yeah, That's yeah. so different. It's just rock. There's no other influences, right. just rock. So what he's saying is you're going to get your Yellow Wolf because what he ran into a little bit was Yellow Wolf's got a lot of fans, and a lot of those fans were like, I like my Yellow Wolf, and then they didn't like the rock stuff. Right. And then a lot of the people really liked the rock stuff. It did really well. Right. So the point where he was touring all year on rock concerts and doing stuff and being Not around. Not Sacramento, but yes. No. Yeah. But he was yeah. doing a lot of uh, festivals and stuff. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 
So there was a little bit of a gap, right? And there were some people in the middle that liked both of them. I like Sometimes Why. It was one of my albums of the year. I really enjoyed it. So I think what Michael Wayne was talking about, a.k.a. Mr. Yellow Wolf, is that you're going to get you're going to get your album. Right. Your Yellow Wolf album with the perfect mix of all of his influences. So I think you're going to be all right there, sir. I hope so, because the, the thing I think about when he says, I'm going to give you a straight-up hip-hop album, is I think about that album like he did with... Uh, Oh, who's the guy from 3-6 Mafia that he's down with? Oh, that's DJ Paul. Yeah, the album he did with DJ Paul, or I think about the album that he did with, like, DJ Muggs. Like, those are more just straight hip-hop albums. Not bad albums, per se. Not my favorite Yellow Wolf album. But to me, those aren't Yellow Wolf albums. They're Yellow Wolf trying to do different things. It's Yellow Wolf making a DJ Paul album. It's Yellow Wolf over uh no 100 percent. like yeah. i feel like he made the dj mugs album because that's just somebody he always wanted to work yeah. with so and there's but, stuff about that album i like but it's not a yellow wolf album and and and, and there i would say that the dj paul album is more of a yellow wolf album just because they're from the south and they they kind of follow each other a little bit more similarly in style but i wouldn't even 100 percent say that was a yellow wolf album so I hope that you're right. I hope that your clarification is what he means by that. Because if he just gives us like, if he just goes to make a straight rap album and then he's like, and then I'm going to keep my rap here and my rock here and that's going to be it. I'll be incredibly disappointed because Ghetto Cowboy, uh, Ghetto Cowboy, Mudmouth and Love Story are, you know, three of the best albums to come out in the last 15 years, you know, and I, I stand by that. I don't have any problem saying that at all. They're incredible records. Like amazing 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 incredible records from an incredible artist who what i love about him is he never felt like he was never felt tethered by genre you know what i'm saying like it always felt like i'll do whatever the fuck i want on a record because this is what i love i love country you're gonna get that you love I, i'm gonna mix my rap and my country and my soul i'm gonna sing and then i'm gonna rap and sometimes i'm gonna rap and sing Sometimes it's going to sound like soul music. Sometimes it's going to sound like country. Sometimes it's going to sound like folk. But it's always going to sound like Yellow Wolf. And that's just when he made that statement, my biggest fear was, all right, he's going to start splitting up his personalities into different records, kind of like what he did when he gave us all those, that, that fucking summer when we got seven albums from him. And I actually, ah, the old April 20. Yeah, 21. April, spring. There you go. Yeah, I don't want that again. Because Mudmouth was incredible, but how long has it been since Mudmouth now? It's been... Was that 2021? Oh, yeah, buddy. I'm ready for some Yellow Wolf, man. I'm ready for an album like that again. Mudmouth is great. Like, as, as I observe your vinyl copy behind you, I mean, that's an incredible record, man. Yeah, but you see it? I thought I, when I walked in, I thought I saw it. Uh, maybe not. I could be wrong. Is it down there? Oh, yeah, you got it. There it is. That's a beautiful record, man. That's an amazing album, an incredible record. You can't win. You want me to take your picture? <laughs> Let me take your picture. Hold on. He's posing with his mud mouth record. I got to get it. There, got it. Um, but yeah, dude, that was my biggest fear when I saw that. So I wanted to bring that up because I know how much you, you, uh, I would say in the last three years, have overtaken me uh, as a Yellow Wolf fan. I oh, think you, so true. you so are true. you are a massive, massive Yellow Wolf fan. I know you love this. Talk about Michael Wayne. Michael Wayne, yeah, your homie. Michael Wayne, you'll be having you going grabbing lunch after somewhere, getting wings. Yeah, he just texted me. He's like, did you know that William canceled on the Genius yesterday? <laughs> He's I said, I heard, I heard. Yeah, how dare he? April 30th, 2021. Yes, so that's fine. So we're coming up on a year since Mudmouth. So that was in that April. Oh, coming up on two years. So that Mudmouth was part of that April run. Was the end. That's how we wrapped it up. 
all the when he gave us all the albums. Was yeah, a yeah, part of it's it. a lot. Yeah, it was so that was that mad run where we got uh, the Yellow Wolf uh, Black Sheep album with Caskey, and then Turquoise Tornado with that weirdo dude, and some Mafia, Mile Zero, and Mudmouth. That's right. And then the Rock album came yeah. after that. And sometimes why was last year, 2022. And that right. thing dropped in March. Okay. So he usually drops around March or April, usually. So he's, he's and he's been going, like you said, he's been going hard and touring with Sometimes Why and really taking that full hilt. But we didn't get, he didn't, as much touring as he's done with that, I don't think he came anywhere near Northern California. Like, not at all. Like, I could be wrong. Maybe I missed something. But I don't think he came to, like, the Bay Area. Like, maybe L.A. Like, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't think he uh, he 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 hit our neck of the woods. Not anywhere near. Like he, I know he didn't come to Sac because I would have been. Well, I probably wouldn't have gone to the Sometimes Y tour. But if he comes around again as Yellow Wolf, I'll go. That's my biggest fear now. Is that who does he tour as? Like, does he tour as Yellow Wolf or does he tour? If he gives us a Yellow Wolf album and then a Sometimes Y album, what tour do we get? Right. I don't know how that works. Like, does he just bring the band and then do Yellow Wolf stuff and do Sometimes Why stuff? Like, I don't know. Because it's really all just Yellow Wolf, but I don't know, man. Just concerns I had when I saw that post. I was like, yo, I hope this rap album thing isn't isn't going to be a bad idea. We'll see. I'm, it's been too long. There's a few artists I'm like, hurry the fuck up, man. Like, um, Greaves. You and I both love Greaves. We've talked about Greaves a lot. And then he announced he's going to do an EP with another artist. And it's like, come on, man, you haven't given us an album except for an instrumental album in like three or four years. Like, don't give me an EP with some other dude. I just feel like Moose Powell. Yeah, I feel like you're half-assing it at that point, dude. Like, I, I want, I want a Greaves album. Like, maybe I'm greedy. Like, I get that this Moose guy's your maybe friend. you're greedy. Greedy. Yeah. He, he tours with him. They're buddies. It's not that the dude's not talented, but he ain't Greaves. And like, so I, I could get a song where I like the beat. I love Greaves. And then here comes this Moose Powell guy and could just totally ruin the song. Like, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a killer album. But I was disappointed to hear that because there's certain people I'm, like, waiting on. Yellow Wolf's one of them. Greaves is one of them. Locksmith has been back in the studio doing a real album. Like, he's been giving us those mixtapes. The last two albums were the, like, mixtapes where he released a song, released a song, released a song, released a song. He did the, the Chris Webby formula there for two albums and then put them all on a record with one new song. Well, now he has been back in the studio and he's been quiet as fuck, like nothing other than his 49ers raps because he's a big time Niners fan. And yep. he's, yeah, he's been supporting his Niners doing his. He straight up says this is the best Niners rap you'll ever hear. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the only Niners rap I've ever. I've never heard another Niners. Rap. Oh, no. The best. Bang, bang, Niner gang. I have heard that. So, but I mean, so Locksmith, Greaves, Yellow Wolf. These are all people that I'm like, it, Obviously, we talked about doggy style or missionary style with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. I hope we end up getting that this year. I hope that's not they're not blowing smoke. Uh, those are probably the big ones for me, music wise, that I'm super, super excited for. Like the ones I really, really want. We're getting uh, season three of the Wu-Tang Clan American Saga, Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu. Did you watch season two? No, I need to get into that. Yeah, I especially, love especially. Yeah. When I be on airplanes, you know. Yeah. Since well, I'm done with the blockbusters, season two is amazing. Uh, they they're now getting into how they became the Wu Tang and the music side of it. They've moved from the street shit 
the, the gangster shit to more the music side. And I think now the third season is going to focus on them breaking off and going into their solo stuff. So I'm super excited. And my big hope is they're touring like crazy right now. Whenever they release this show, they try to ride high off the popularity of the show and do tours and sell merch. My hope is that we get another Wu-Tang record and finally get a good Wu-Tang record. Like, cause it's been a long time since we've had like a true well-crafted, put together, amazing Wu-Tang record. Like you've got Enter the 36 Chambers, you've got Wu-Tang Forever, and then you got three or four albums that are just fucking really hit and miss. The W, Shaolin, like they're, they're, there's, there's songs, but they're not good records. Like, and it's sad because they're an amazing group with amazing MCs. It shouldn't right. be that way. So I, my, my big hope is that they always get their asses in the studio and try to ride high off the, the energy from the show. But Well, I'll tell you what, buddy. Yeah. Let's hope that some of those things come true. Keep my fingers crossed, baby. I appreciate it, man. New Yellow Wolf albums, new Greaves album, new Locksmith album. We know they're coming. We just don't know when. Maybe that maybe that new Snoop and Dre. Snoop and Dre. Get... Probably Dre's so untrustworthy. I trust Snoop. I, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe we get Eminem. M's do, yeah. Like, but not the stuff he's been doing. Like I, we need M, M back with Dre. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be absolutely incredible if we just get a Dre pro. Because fuck, well, you know, I we talked about it on our best of the year. That song Gospel with him and Dre. Get the fuck out of here. That song was too much, man. I I couldn't stop listening to it. Song of the year, baby. That was song of 2022 for me, man. That was it. Hard. According to your Spotify. That shit went hard, baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that we'd like to see do some stuff. 100%. Yeah. Redman, where you at? He's been been teasing us with Muddy Waters, too, for like 15 years. Yeah, at least. I would like to get a a nice project by uh, the most relevant member of the West Side Connection in the last 25 years. So, you'd like to get a nice project from Ice Cube? No, no. I said the most relevant. Oh, one. gotcha. Talking You're talking about Dub C. Yeah, yeah. Who's Ice Cube's hype man when uh, he's well, making I mean, albums? I mean, yeah. Ice Cube used to be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah but then right. you go look at the catalogs. You got Dub C, Shady S98, Ghetto Heisman 02, and Guilty by Affiliation. Yes. 2007. Phenomenal three run record. And uh, I haven't heard anything. Well, he, he pulled out a little thing in 2011, but. I don't feel like that was... Uh, You're not mentioning that one. Revenge of the Barracuda. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, I Barracuda. Didn't, I didn't listen to that one either. <laughs> yeah, no, Dub, Dub C would... I, I could go for a Dub C project. I mean, we got Ice Cube doing the... What happened to Mac-10? Uh, I can tell you sick? that... No, no, he's, he's actually making a ton of money in my line of work, real estate. He buys properties, flips them, and rents them. And he makes a shitload of money doing that. He started out after West Side Connection stopped and his music career stopped. He was doing concert promotions where he'd put concerts on and he was making money doing that. And then he took his money from that and flipped it into real estate. Please, please tell me that he runs the company Backyard Boogie Real Estate. That would be dope. I don't know what his company's called. I didn't get that far. Yeah. Backyard Boogie. Get the backyard boogie. Yeah, that'd be dope. You're right there. Nice call. But I'm uh, very smart. He he and Ice Cube had a falling out, and that's why the West Side Connection stopped. He's like, I'm down. I'd do a West Side Connection record tomorrow. He's like, but him and Cube had had a difference of opinion. He was something happened over it was money. And uh yeah, that was it. No more. Yeah. 
That's how come you and me still get along and we have somebody else handle our money when yes. you're coming in from here. Yeah. And and by handle you mean, hey Bill, the money <laughs> the money for pod beans do. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Here it is. I guess Venmo handles it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, man. Yeah. Let's hope we get some good music. Yes. Thank you for being here. I know it's increasingly hotter. Yes, it's getting there. Day by day. You probably go to the go to the Costco's and the Chevron's for the Techrons. That's right. Anything with an S on the end of yeah, it, that's I'm doing right. it. Yeah. Thanks for coming for the podcast. That's right. We're here for you. We appreciate you. What music are you looking forward to? Let us know. Are there concerts on the horizon you want to go to? Are there albums dropping that you're stoked for? Let us know. Like I always say, man, if you reach out and tell us, we're going to shout you out and, and put your opinions on the show. We want to hear from you. We're dying to hear from you. We need to hear from you because we're running out of content. That's really all there is to it. <laughs> Well, the world is making us run out of content. Yeah, it's been a little slow, um, but hey, we've got a lot more. If this music on the horizon happens and concerts start happening again and uh, movies and TV shows that are coming down the pipe really come down the pipe. Well, I'll tell you what, we have a lot to coming talk about. up soon, Mandalorian 3 is coming out. Right. That's coming out March 1st. Right. We got that coming. Uh, we've also got some Disney Plus stuff coming up or some Marvel stuff coming up. Uh, this this year, Loki season two, Secret Invasion, and then Ironheart, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, let's talk about February though. With the big dog that's happening like right around the corner, Ant Man, Quantumania, baby. That's the one. Oh, yeah, that's the that's the. I think we're finally gonna get an Ant Man that has a villain that you won't forget about the moment you shut the movie off. Like I tried to think, I'm like, who's the villain in the first two Ant Man movies? Uh, no clue. Couldn't tell you. But this one, we're getting Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. It looks like it's got higher stakes. It looks like it's not going to be... Obviously, it's still Ant-Man, so there's going to be humor. It's going to be funny, but it looks darker. I'm on board for that. Let's go. The trailer looks good. You said the big dog around the corner. I thought you were talking about the new Clifford project. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one's been delayed. Yeah. yeah. Into the Barkiverse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently Clifford has mange, so they've had to really hold that movie off. He's he's more of an off red now. Yeah, that's right. He's having problems. He's yeah. not Clifford. It's not hard well. to sell Clifford the big red dog when he's half orange. Yeah, that's right. It's a, you know I, I don't like to make jokes, but Clifford isn't well. It's probably not good to shots up, shouts out. Yeah, you know what I mean get them shots. Clifford, you can do it. Yeah. Pull All right, man. Well, let us know what you think. If you got any music, anything you know about, let us know anything you're looking to get into. Holla at your boys. Two yes. and till infinity. Please on the socials, on the phones. Send us a telegram. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's right. Fucking getting it. Let's go. In the immortal words of my man George Clinton, anything good is nasty, but it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we will see you in the 209. Okay, goodbye. Peace. <laughs>